All righty, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Happy Friday night to everyone. Halloween Eve. Hopefully we get more uh, treats than tricks this weekend for football. But uh, we had an interesting game last night. You know, you and I, uh, Wiz, we talked about that line. We thought it was suspicious. And uh, sure enough, that's the way it played out. How are you tonight, Wiz? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, that was uh, that, that one. I, I I noticed that one. It didn't look right to me the entire way. I didn't like the way it was trending, point spread wise. How it was going down. I didn't necessarily how it was trending with the you know the the uh, the total that that was going down in a game that figured to be a high scoring game. You know, Trey came on there and. Kind of like the first thing he says, this game is expected to be a shootout. And it's almost like when he's that said, you just know that it's probably going to go the other way. But, um, yeah, I think it's something you have to look for. I've been really kind of looking at that um, this week and really been paying attention to that the last couple of weeks. Like I said, it happened with that under and over in that Falcon um Lion game and uh, yeah, just just some interesting uh, to look at. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, talking about trick or treat for a second, I'll tell you who's playing some trick or treats is if you have Mike Thomas, this is really becoming a trick or treat season, and it's really trick. I mean, the latest trick was that he, you know, he appeared to practice in the middle of the week, and now he's already been ruled out. I mean, hamstring, ankle, fights practice ruled out it's been a complete and total disaster if you are a um an owner of, of mike thomas this year there's no there's no other way to there's no other way to put it it's brutal. And, and, and you think about it too i think we talked i think we probably use this phrase and we talked about it in this way i mean we abundantly felt that Mike Thomas was a consensus number one receiver this year. Like they would like he he stood head and shoulders above everyone else. And you know here we are in week eight, and you've literally gotten zero out of the player. Uh, and you took him in the first round if you drafted in a snake draft, and and Lord knows you paid uh, a pretty penny for him in an auction draft. It's uh, yeah, it's an incredible disaster that you've been dealing with, and uh, that's probably the case of a few players, not not the only one. It's been a it's been a most interesting season from uh, an injury injury perspective, and, and th- this is without COVID. Uh, it's been very complicated with a lot of the top line players, uh, at least the way we saw it and the way everybody saw it coming into the season. Uh, it hasn't quite played out that way. You know, it was a weird night last night for. Um, for the in the receiving game for Carolina, so you know we ended up picking up in, in a league that you and I are in. We ended up picking up Curtis Samuel. We put him out there. And ended up having a big game, but I don't think DJ Moore caught a ball until those last two balls on the last drive. I, I don't think he caught a ball in that game. Yeah, and, and uh, the last one, the one he caught on third and seventeen. I know the Falcons won the game, but the catch on third and seventeen really typifies the Falcon season. How on? earth could you let him get deep on third and 17 they're they're full you know they're falling for for a, a play fake on third and 17 let him catch it eight ten yard pass who cares i mean but to let him get behind you and then put them right in scoring position you know you just felt like oh boy they're going to score and they're going to make a two-point conversion and they're going to go overtime and probably lose in overtime but uh, Bridgewater threw a brutal interception uh, right after that. So, 
but it just just poor mental play uh, by the Falcons. They they have got to get you know better mental toughness uh, if they're gonna if they're gonna start you know looking to turn this thing around. And uh, I know there's a lot of talk about. Matt Ryan and Julio, what's the future for them? You know, what's going to happen? But, um, you know, <laughs> just think about that. If you, if you move Julio and Matt Ryan, I mean, you just, just, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. You're almost, you're almost starting over. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how, how that, uh, how that plays out. But yeah, from a fantasy football perspective, uh, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, it was a difficult, Team, if you had uh, a lot of starters, and I'm sure in most fantasy leagues, you know, on both sides of the football, there had to be at least eight to ten guys in that game that was started in most leagues. And uh, outside of Curtis Samuel, and you know, he probably was the least started player amongst all the potential guys. You know, DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson and uh, and uh, and Mike Davis and and Gurley and Calvin Ridley got hurt. So, I mean, except for Julio, the guys that were out there probably pretty, uh, pretty much underperformed every single guy. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, it, the Gurley thing was weird too. I don't know, you know, look, short week, uh, Gurley was used a decent amount the week before, you know, I guess they were giving him some, some breaks uh, in between, you know, you talked about Brian Hill, he got in there and, and, and did some stuff, but uh, yeah, frustrating. You got a lucky touchdown at the end if you had Gurley, but aside from that, he gave you very, very little last night. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, had Hill in there, and I was really happy with the uh, usage. He played okay. You know, it's shame that when they got down there, uh, you know, Gurley happened to be in the game. But, you know, it's one of those things. But we're ready to move on here. We're going to talk about the uh, weekend games. We're going to talk about... Uh, games from a betting perspective we like, maybe some player props we like, and uh, the love them and leave them uh, portion, which we'll get into now, where we're going to talk about some short things at the positions, some fades for us that we don't like, and uh, maybe some you know deep sleepers at the positions that we like. So we haven't talked about this at all. Would you like me to go first, or do you want to start things off at quarterback? Yeah, why, why, don't you, uh, why don't you start off at quarterback? All right, so I'm, I'm going to start off with two fades right off the bat, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I don't know if either one is considered quarterback one for this week, but I know that if you're having leagues where you know, super flex league, those guys are in there, and even in some leagues, bye week stuff, that both of those guys will be in a lot of lineups. I don't like either of those quarterbacks this week. Um, I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to struggle a little bit against the Ravens, and uh, I do not like Drew Brees in this matchup at all against the Bears. The Bears just do not give up points to receivers, and yeah, Kamara's going to get his stuff for sure, but as far as fades, I'm fading with confidence Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. As far as players I like this week. Um, I, I like I like Derek Carr. I know there could be some weather. Uh, you were telling me that you know, the, the, the weather could be tricky in that game with wind gusts. So if there are wind gusts, obviously, and it's difficult to throw, I'm not going to Put the you know recommend the player, but if the conditions are okay, I kind of like uh, 
you know, they, they've played well on the road. They've put up a lot of points playing on the road. Um, and I think, I think, you know, they could get their, their game going uh, offensively this week. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking Derek Carr this week. And then uh, another quarterback that will only be used in super flex plays is, believe it or not, I think Ben DiNucci, who is completely overlooked and completely, you know, an afterthought, probably even in Superflex leagues, I, I think he has a chance to rank in the top 20 this week where you definitely should play him in a Superflex league. Uh, I think with a week of practice with those skilled players and if they could give him a, some time to throw the ball, I think all of those offensive weapons match up great against that Eagles secondary. The game script could be throwing them. I mean, having them throw the ball often, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get their offensive players going this week. So, um, fading Ben and Breeze. I like Carr. And I like Ben DiNucci to have a better game than most people think and uh, maybe even sprinkle him in some draft kings at a very, very low salary. What say you at quarterback this week? All right, will do. So uh, I'll give you my fade first. And my fade first is going to be Josh Allen. You know, everybody was really excited in the first four weeks of the season. Josh Allen carried a lot of uh, fantasy teams. If you drafted him, he was performing like a, a top three uh, player at the position. Uh, there was talk of him being the league MVP, all this kind of stuff. I don't know about you. Look, I know, look, I, I very much expect the Buffalo Bills to win this division. I just got a really strange feeling about this ball game in particular. The, the Patriots are coming off a absolutely disastrous game last weekend against San Francisco. Uh, Buffalo ready to move forward in this division. Uh, they're well ahead of uh, the Patriots at the moment. But I'm, I'm concerned. I think this will be Bill Belichick playing a very ugly football game. He'll go out of his way to do so. And he'll make life difficult for Josh Allen. So that's the quarterback that I'm fading. Uh, the, two, the two quarterbacks that I think you know could rank in the top five very easily this week. Actually, I think I, I am watching the weather all over the Midwest this week. But Aaron Rodgers throwing against that completely depleted uh, Minnesota Vikings secondary, which I don't know, they, they might have some guys off the street this weekend, uh, literally playing in that uh, defensive secondary, but he should have his way with the Minnesota Vikings. And you know what? Dallas Cowboys, they can't stop anybody. And Carson Wentz seems to have a knack for getting things done. Uh, I think he'll do that this weekend. And Carson Wentz will have a very big week against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz probably, you know, both ranked, you know, well inside the top ten, and uh, yeah, that you know should should both you know both quarterbacks at home, um, you know, have have strong games. I I couldn't I couldn't uh, dispute anything you just said. So uh, with that said, let's uh, move over to running back, and you have first go of it. So uh, tell us uh, your thoughts uh, week eight. Running back. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig a little deep at this position. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Wiz and I talked about rookies kind of coming on. We've talked about it at, at, basically at every position as they started to get repetitions, and we were very correct on uh, our assumption coming out of the bye week how the Detroit Lions would move forward uh, with De- DeAndre Swift, and that's taken place. And 
That's about to take place with the Baltimore Ravens this week. And this is a J.K. Dobbins game, uh, especially Mark Ingram's not going to play. Uh, not, not to take anything away from Edwards, who's been, who's been a strong contributor when, when called upon for this team. But J.K. Dobbins is going to do a lot of damage in this game, I think, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. So look for him to, to have a big week this week. Uh, I am going with LaMichael Perrine uh, of the New York Jets. So we're going to dig a little deep as well. Uh, Frank Gore comes into this game a little bit banged up. Uh, look, the Chiefs are good, uh, and they're playing at home, and they're playing against the lousy Jets, but I think Perrine's going to get the ball, football a lot in this game. Uh, so that's a player that I think, you know, you have to look out for. Uh, I think he'll catch a few balls, and, and with, like I said, with Gore kind of coming into this game a little beat up, uh, if you are in a bind with running backs uh, because of bye weeks, you can feel comfortable putting Perrine out there. And the last guy kind of contributes to what I talked about with that New England-Buffalo game. I like Damian Harris in this game. Uh, he's going to touch the ball, I predict, over 20 times. I know he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he did finish out the week practicing. I see a big game from Damian Harris this week. And the two guys I'm going to fade... Uh, I don't like the setup at all for the for the Bears offense with Allen Robinson unlikely to play. Uh, not great weather conditions. So David Montgomery is a fade for me. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game on both sides. And the other guy I'm going to fade because I want to see what happens with this offense with Tua Tagovailoa playing quarterback for the first time. Uh, he's been very effective, Miles Gaskin I'm talking about. But I just don't know how this offense is going to come out. I want to see how the team responds. So I'm going to take a break from Miles Gaskin this week. I think he'll be an underperformer. The fact is he's, he's played extremely well so far this year, but I'm steering away from him this week. All righty. So my, here's, here's what I have in running back this week. Um, I think off the bye week, the Colts are going to get back with that terrific offensive line and give Jonathan Thomas a chance to show what he can do. I'm loving Jonathan Thomas. This, not Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm loving Jonathan Taylor this week uh, to to kind of really show what he could do in all facets behind that uh, great offensive line against that you know Lions defense. So I'm expecting Jonathan Taylor to finish in the top five this week at, uh, at running back in week eight. I know Leonard Fournette had the big game, but I'm going back to Ronald Jones this week. I think Ronald Jones um, is going to finish as RB1, running back one inside the top 12 this week on Monday Night Football at the Giants. I think, you know, he will come out of the gate fired up, especially after what Fournette did this uh, past week. So I think both those both of those players are going to finish in the, you know inside the top ten, and I think Taylor may 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 reach the top five this week. And then another player that I like this week, and a lot of people have picked him up, and uh, were expecting him to do something, and he, he really didn't get the chance, but I think he's going to on Sunday. I like AJ Dillon as a real off the radar type of guy. Uh, I, I, this is a, like a real draft. Special. I think he he could get double digit carries in his game and get a touchdown as well. So AJ Dillon um, is my real sleeper this week at um, at running back. Everyone is off the bandwagon. That's when I jump on the bandwagon. As far as my fades, I'm going to come right in with you with Miles Gaskin as well. I just think the Rams are going to kind of play a prove-it defense to me to, to Tua where they're going to crowd that box and kind of make him 
you know, beat them in the passing game. Uh, and, you know, anytime Aaron Donald is in that middle disrupting the game, I, I just, I, I just, I'm fading Gaskin. I like the player, but I'm fading him. And again, I, I don't understand why this player is kind of ranked as a running back two. He's like around 20 to 25. And I'm fading Singletary for, you know, several reasons. Uh, number one is I feel they're going to turn to um, Zach Moss a little bit more and against that Patriot defense. I just don't know why he's ranked as like a running back too. So I'm fading Gaskin with you and I'm fading Devin Singletary as well. All right. Sounds excellent. I like that. Uh, you know, look, I, 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 you know, we felt that Moss was going to kind of start making some noise and, and he did make some noise last week. So he looked like the better player again. I'll, I'll be curious to see if they kind of push up his uh, his reps this week. I, I would think that would be the case. I, I'm in agreement with you there. Okay. I'm going to go to wide receiver, and I have six this week. Wow. And these six receivers are ranked, you know, on people's week eight rankings, uh, probably anywhere from, I don't know, 15 to 20 to 120, uh, and I'm going to give a, I'm going to give six out that I like this week. This is this is going to be a DraftKings special. Sprinkle these guys in there, um, and I think you can make a good hit on DraftKings if you, uh, you know, put them in the right combinations with some of the more high salary players that you feel more comfortable about. Um, I'm going to start off with Travis Travis Fulgham, who is getting so many targets. And the confidence level between Winston and Fulgham is just at such a level that I just think he's so, – you know, I said this last week and the week before. He, he's becoming like a set-it-and-forget-it wide receiver and really bordering on wide receiver one territory. So Travis Fulgham, to me, is someone that I just absolutely love. Next one is a player that is probably ranked, I don't know, maybe maybe somewhere near near – 25 or, or something like that. I'm not, I'm not even sure, but I love Brandon Ayuk this week. Uh, that player seems to be getting more and more confident. Uh, without Devo Samuel, I think he's going to take over and get a lot of those targets, be the number one receiver for the 49ers in a real, real juicy matchup against the Seahawks. So I'm loving Brandon Ayuk this week. Benzel Mims was used as kind of like a uh, – you know, you know, like a safety net, like drop-off passes, and he was not able to really show off his full complement of skills. And I think they're going to throw the ball to him early and often, deep patterns, all kinds of patterns. He's not just going to be getting the little six-yard, seven-yard, uh, what the defense is giving up. I think he's capable of making big plays and really show his skill set. And uh, kind of like second week off the layoff, I'm, I'm liking Denzel Mims. The fourth receiver I like is a player that really could have had about four catches for 150 yards last week, but Nick Foles could not connect with him. He was beating Jalen Ramsey all over the field last week, and now he's going up against the same secondary that has shown how susceptible they are to the deep pass. I'm loving Donnell Mooney this week. I'm having him as my fourth guy. My fifth one is a player who played exceptionally well when Godwin missed the last game that, you know, one of the the games he missed. I'm going with uh, Tyler Johnson. I think he can really be maybe in the top 30, 35 
drive this week and have a big game against the Giants. I think um, I think that, you know uh, Bradbury is going to be on Evans, and I think that Tyler Johnson has a chance to catch a lot of balls and have a big game. And then the last one is a receiver that is probably not even ranked in the top hundred by anyone. He got more and more playing time before their bye week. I think you're going to see Devin Duvernay used a lot more by the Ravens out of the bye week. And I have said that I think Pittsburgh is susceptible, especially their secondary. And I think you're going to see a big game out of Devin Duvernay. And I am sprinkling that player in a, a bunch of my DraftKings lineups this week. So that's my six. Any commentary on the six, or do you want to just move on to your batch? Well, it's actually, Duvernay's a funny story. We, we should tell it. So you and I are com- comp- competitors in, in one league, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, there were pickups, and you know, I, I said, I, I was thinking about just putting in a $1 bid to, to get the player, but I said, hey, let me be safe, and I, and, I, and I put in, I want to say I put a $10 bid in or $9 bid. I don't remember the exact. Um, uh, yeah, you and I, put, yeah, you put them for 10 I put them for 9 and when I saw... I'm the one who processes the move in that league. And when I saw that someone had come over the top of me in the bid where I put $9 for a guy who was barely playing and didn't win, I really thought I was going to lose my mind. And then I took a picture of it and I sent you, yeah. I sent you the, the, you know, that you and I had bid nine and 10 on the play and you ended up getting for 10. We were kind of having a laugh about that, but, uh, yeah, so I know you uh, like the player as well. Yeah, I do. I, I think he's a different dimension. As you said, Pittsburgh's been susceptible. So uh, I, I, I like that view. Um, I'm, I'm with you on two of the players you mentioned. Uh, you, you mentioned Ayuk and you mentioned Mims. So those are on my list as well as, as guys I like. Um, so do, what about fades? Before I get into mine, do you have any fades? As we play that I mentioned, I'm fading Mike Evans. I have to see it before I believe it. I think he's not playing at 100%, and now he has James Bradbury, who's probably one of the top three cornerbacks in football, covering him. So I'm loving Tyler jo- uh, Johnson, and part of the reason is because I'm fading Mike Evans. So that's my one fade as a guy who certainly is borderline wide receiver one. I'm fading Mike Evans. All right, very interesting. Okay. Uh, okay, so what? Wh- I'll, I'll just continue on with guys that I like, and I w- I tried to dig a little bit deep as well, uh, kind of like you. So another player coming out of the break this week, um, I, I think uh, I think Marcus Johnson from from the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, I just think he has been connecting very well with Philip Rivers, whereas. T.Y. Hilton is not. Uh, we still don't have Michael Pittman. We still don't have Paris Campbell there. Obviously, Philip Rivers does lean on the tight ends there, but I just think we're going to see a lot of that player again this week against the susceptible Detroit Lions secondary. And I'm going to give you two other guys. I think this guy's going to have a very big week. Now, you mentioned Duvernay. I think that we're going to see a long touchdown this week from Hollywood Brown. That's my prediction. Uh, I think he leads the league in in actually air targets in the NFL this year. And I think he hasn't been able to connect thus far. I think this is the week he connects. I like Hollywood Brown. And a big-time sleeper, he's probably like Duvernay, maybe outside the top 100. There are injuries to this receiving core, especially with the latest injuries suggested uh, for you know Edelman to miss a few weeks. But I think Jacoby Myers, especially with both Edelman and Nikhil Harry out, Jacoby Myers is the player that I want to own for the New England Patriots this week because I think he's going to put some numbers up for the Pats. Um, and, and guys I don't like, look, uh, Kirk Cousins leads the league in interceptions. He's, he's usually passing inside his cozy little dome. 
He's going to be dealing with some wind conditions. So I'm going to fade both of those pass catchers for the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, I'm going to fade uh, Darius Slayton from the Giants because I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly night for the uh, offensive line and for Daniel Jones. He's going to be under considerable duress. I'm also going to fade Devontae Parker this week. He had a great rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I got to see it first with him and Tua. So as a result of that, he's also coming into this contest a little nicked up. So I'm going to fade Devontae Parker this week. All righty. So we'll move along to tight end. And uh, what uh, are your views at tight end? Who are you loving and who are you leaving at tight end position this week? Okay, so it's very clear that Drew Locke uh, has a very, very strong relationship and connection to Albert Ogubunum. And uh, with Tim Patrick out, I think you're going to see two tight ends on the field a lot. But this is the guy that's taking up space in the middle of the field. Uh, He's going to be ranked outside, probably deep down, but he's been very consistent the last couple of weeks in terms of targets and catches and then run after catches. So that's a player I like from a sleeper perspective at tight end this week. I'm also going to go again. I went with him last week, and given that this passing game is beat up, I'm going with Jared Cook again. I'm going to mention that player. I think Jared Cook is a guy that you want uh, as well this week at tight end. And the other guy I'm going to put out there, because he's had two strong weeks in a row, even though I mentioned the wide receivers from the Minnesota Vikings, but underneath, I think we're going to see more of Irv Smith. Two straight games where he's had four or five catches and 50 to 60 yards. We're going to see it again this week. So those are the three tight ends that I'm looking at. My tight end fades. Mark Andrews has done very little against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, So I'm going to fade Mark Andrews. And I'm also going to fade Hunter Henry because you know what? He's not doing anything. It's three or four weeks in a row. Uh, For whatever reason, him and Herbert have not been able to have that connection. So guilty until proven innocent. Uh, I fade Hunter Henry this week. Yeah, I'll start with my fade because it's the same exact fade um, that you have. I'm I'm fading Andrews as well. Uh, the week that I faded him before, he played a horrendous game against the Chiefs. He had more drops than he had catches um, in in that game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm fading uh, I'm fading him. I, I just you know I know you keep mentioning. Cook, I mean, I just feel like I, that game that you mentioned him and I faded him and you liked him, he was three for 32 and one happened to be a touchdown. I just feel like he's red zone touchdown dependent and those things are always kind of random as far as I'm concerned. But he's not my fade. I'm just saying that uh, I'm not just quite sure he's someone that um, that you could rely on. So I have the same fade as you and I have two uh, tight ends that I'm really liking this week. One is Richard Rodgers. I don't know what is going on with Richard Rodgers and the connection with Wentz, but he has looked absolutely terrific. Has another great matchup uh, against the Cowboys. Um, so I'm um, I'm I'm going with Richard Rodgers as uh, a tight end that I absolutely love this week, and a tight end that did. Put up a, a nothing burger last week, like a one for nine. Juice Smith of the Titans. I'm kind of loving him this week uh, in, a, in a great matchup, a great matchup, and a great rebound matchup after having you know such such a poor week to really have a, a strong game uh, for Tannehill and the Titans against the Bengals. So those are the two that I'm loving, and my fate is uh, the same as yours. 
All right, great minds think alike. So uh, let, let's see what happens with that. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about this um, where, you know, weather looks like it is going to be playing a little bit of a role on a, on a bunch of games. And there's been some decent-sized moves in, uh, in some of these over-unders. You know, when you look closely... Uh, this season, we really were throwing up a lot of points to start. Uh, you know, we are moving into colder weather, and there's a number of games that have uh, that are below 50 this week. Only a couple of games over 50, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It looks like the Cleveland Raider game. That's where that that's where things are most suspect. So let's uh, let's talk about this. Let's uh, see what games we like. So uh, I'll start off with this one. So I, I you know it's unfair because I I picked that game early in the week, and I don't know what the folks at DraftKings are doing, but. Uh, I, I don't know who's setting the lines, and I don't know who's looking at the weather forecast, but I was able to go short or pay, hit the under on the Raider-Cleveland game at minus 55. Um, it's currently sitting, I believe, at 49.5. But I'm really surprised that uh, that's where that line actually opened up. But they weren't looking carefully at what was going on weather-wise. Um, so that's one game that I put on. But that's not where the line is right now. So it's kind of unfair to talk about that. But there's three other games that I do like this week. Two teams that are currently sitting at six-and-a-half-point favorites. I like Green Bay, six-and-a-half over Minnesota Vikings. And I like the Titans, six-and-a-half over the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions this week, getting three points at home against Indianapolis. I know Indy's coming off of a break. I think Detroit's going to have some momentum after that big win last week. And I just, I don't know. I'm not sold on that offense. While I agree with you on on Taylor, I, I think he should have a good performance. I don't know what kind of Phillip Rivers what we're going to get out of this passing game. But I'm going to take the Lions getting three points at home against the Indianapolis Colts. So those are three games and really four games. But the, the fourth one doesn't really count because I, I, I dealt on a level that's nowhere near where it is right now. Yeah, so speaking of line changes, you know, I was looking at the lines periodically during the week, and uh, the, the, the Eagles were, like, they were nine, a solid nine points all week, all week, all week. Then I looked a little while ago at what a jump. The line went to ten and a half. And, you know, I was talking about this with you with the point spreads, how the people making lines don't like the budge of three, seven, and ten's another number that they really don't like the budge off of. And to go from nine to ten and a half, somebody has made a sizable, sizable wager um, for that line to budge from nine to ten and a half. That's a tremendous move. So just something to keep you know an eye out. We'll see how that how that works out. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't play that game. Um, you know, I, I personally would not play that game. Um, but I, I think I like the Patriots this week um, getting four points um, against Buffalo. I don't necessarily love the way Buffalo has looked. I mean, the last game against the Jets was kind of horrendous. So I'm kind of liking uh, the Patriots. The, I'm kind of liking the, the, the Patriots this week. And I'm with you on the Titans. Um I think I know Cincinnati gave it all and they've played competitive games, but my goodness, I mean, they are going to pound Derrick Henry the ball. And then when, you know, Cincinnati brings guys up, I think they are going to make big plays in the passing game. Like I said, I mentioned Smith, the tight end. I love A.J. Green as well as a player. So I think the Titans are going to have their way with the Bengals this week. And like I said, uh, I'm going to take the Patriots plus the four points um, 
against against the Bills. So those are my two. And now I guess we'll get into the player props. Did you get a, a chance to really like look it over and come up with some ideas for your player props? No, I did. I just I just do want to finish though. I, I think that setup in the Buffalo New England game is is absolutely perfect. You know, I mentioned I like me liking Damian Harris. I'm kind of fading Josh Allen. It's to me the perfect setup. Um, I actually should have took a closer look at that game, but I, I, I'm in complete agreement. I think it's the perfect setup there for the Bills to disappoint uh, in this particular game. Um, but yeah, so getting back to the player props, yes, I, I did have a chance to look at it, and I have four of them for this week. Um, so why don't you start out on the player props, and then I'll uh, and then I'll add to it. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to have one or two similar based on some of what you said, but I'm going to let you start it off. I'm loving Jonathan Taylor over 69 and a half yards rushing. I just think he's going to get, this is going to be a game where he's going to get a lot of carries in this game. I think the Colts uh, have been messing around playing in these games where they're trailing against inferior teams. I just think they're going to get back to basics with that elite offensive line and give that player a lot of carries. And if he gets a lot of carries, there's no way that he's not going to get um, 70 yards rushing. I like under Ben Roethlisberger, 254 yards, 254 and a half yards passing. It's for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think that the Ravens defense is going to be on top of their game and kind of get after him. And, you know, as Roethlisberger has gotten older, he he doesn't have the elusiveness of this. And if you go back to the game against the that the Ravens played against Kansas City, Mahomes made a ton of plays where, you know, the Ravens put a fair amount of pressure on him, but he was able to use his legs and climb the pocket, make some runs, uh, you know, avoid the rush and make some big plays in the passing game. And, and Roethlisberger is just not going to be able to do that. And then you combine the fact that the Ravens love to chew clock up with their running game, time of possession. For those are the reasons, I'm going to take under Roethlisberger uh, 254 and a half yards passing. And um, let's see, what was the, um, and the other one that I liked was um, in the, in the 49er game uh, against the Seahawks, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the over on, on, on Brandon Ayuk. I just think um, he's, he, it's 53 and a half yards receiving. I think that player is playing with a lot of confidence and combined with the fact that Seattle is going to pay a ton of attention to George Kittle, it's only going to take maybe two or three completions for Ayuk to get over that mark. And, uh, you know, they may even throw him some bubble screens and, and different ways of getting him the ball. So those are the those are the three that I'm loving. I am loving Ayuk over 53 and a half. So uh, go ahead. Tell us uh, the ones you love this week. Yeah, so I'm in full agreement with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I love that one uh, particularly. Um, I, I see that being a really good one. I, I'm in agreement with you on on, on Brandon Ayuk. That's not one of the ones I have. Uh, the other two, uh, the other the other three that I have um, are two are involved in the same game. It's in that Kansas City Jet game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will be playing against the New York Jets, and uh, I can rest assure you that um, he will be very involved this week, a little bit more so than last week. Looked to like have a little hop in his step last week. Uh, 11 and a half yards receiving Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to take the over on that one. Um, the other one I'm taking is Denzel Mims, uh, 42 and a half yards. I'm going to take the over on that. 
And the last one I'm going to do, uh, believe it or not, because I think this will be a running game, but it won't be Lamar Jackson doing the running. Uh, Lamar Jackson has not had big running games against his in his previous games against Pittsburgh. Now, I realize Devin Bush is not there, but I'm sure they will do a decent job of spying on, on Lamar Jackson in this game with someone else. But I'm going to fade 59 and a half yards rushing for Lamar Jackson this week. Uh, I know that's uh, a little bit of a risky proposition, but I think that's a big number to accomplish, uh, uh, especially he hasn't done so frequently against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So your terminology of fade means you like the under. Yes. Um, yes, that is correct. And my question to you about Le'Veon Bell is, this is something that I'm just uh, curious about. Why is it that you prefer the over 11 and a half yards receiving as opposed to either 39 and a half rushing or um, 49 and a half yards total rushing and receiving yards. Why is it that you just the, the receiving yards? Yeah. And just look, I, I just think they've, the way they've sprinkled in the play, the other before, um, before Le'Veon Bell was a member of the uh, uh, Kansas city chiefs, you know, they really weren't using uh, uh, Clyde, Edwards, Edwards, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the way we thought he should be used. And, you know, because they were sprinkling, you know, even the times Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams. But it seems like that, that they're looking to change it up a little bit. And I just see Le'Veon Bell because he's also a very effective pass catcher. Andy Reid knows how to use that. And I think he's going to use that. It just seems to be a very low number. Uh, so that's the number that I'm, I chose to attack as opposed to the rushing and the or, or the combined yardages. That's that's yeah. I just thought it was the the, the smallest hurdle, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, disagreeing. I'm I'm just curious. There's three ways to go. Like I said, receiving yards is kind of short at eleven and a half, and and rushing yards thirty nine and a half, and total yards of fifteen and a half. I just wonder out of the three, uh, why you selected that? Look, when you take an over eleven and a half receiving. It takes one good setup on a screen pass or just one drop off when they're kind of playing back, maybe trying to defend the hill on a third and long. So it really is the type of bet that could be won on, on just one drop off pass. So I'm not uh, disputing it. I was just trying to understand the thinking of the three, why you, uh, why you like that one. Yeah, I think there's a real opportunity. Um, this week, uh, some of these players that really have not been utilized correctly or have been have shown themselves much, like the Duvenets and the Mims and and some of these other guys. Um, I think you know this is a this is a real chance to maybe uh, you know make a make a good hit either on player props or or, or DraftKings because I think there's a real chance for for a big game out of nowhere by a couple of these young players. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. That's my idea for the week is uh, sprinkle in all of those players that are, are next to nothing in terms of salary on DraftKings and. Um, count on one or more of them to have a big game and then, you know, make a good hit because the, 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 the way to do it on DraftKings is, look, you know, there's going to be common players, but the idea is to get ownership level. When you're zigging while everyone else is zagging, that's the way you make a good hit. And uh, to have ownership level on a player like a Devin DuVernay, who people aren't thinking at all, he hasn't done much, they're off a bye week, you know, I just can envision that player having a big game um, 
on Sunday out of nowhere and the ownership level being next to nothing. And that's the way that you actually make a good hit on DraftKings or FanDuel is by not only having a player that is a big game and not only having a cheap salary, but having, you know, tremendous ownership leverage. So that's my view. I know that you talk about ownership leverage with me as well sometimes. Um, and it's, a, it's an important aspect and something you have to think about before you're playing. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be on the road for a few days, so we're not going to be able to uh, come come at you with a with a Monday show, and we'll be a little bit delayed coming at you with a with a wrap up show. But uh, Wiz, you want to talk a little bit about that Monday night, or, or or anything with the Sunday night or Monday night games in particular? That uh, we we've spoken a little bit about the Sunday night game. Um, I don't know. I'm very frightened of that Monday night game being just a really ugly game for the Giants. They got a banged up offensive line right now. Uh, we know Tampa Bay's defense has been very difficult. It looks like uh, Devonta Freeman's going to be out of that game. I mean, are we looking at a situation where, and you mentioned Ronald Jones, that you think he's going to have a big game. Is this, do you think that's an ugly fest that just could really get out of hand very, very quickly for the, for the uh, Giants in terms of playing the Patriots this week? Oh, sorry, yeah, the Patriots, I mean, the Buccaneers. At, yeah, when you look at the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, I mean, talking about two, two, two games that, you know, the point spread, um, like I mentioned, the the Eagles are you know up to ten and a half, and Tampa Bay is twelve and a half on the road, and it potentially it potentially could be. Um, I, I think the Cowboys have a, you know maybe a better chance of keeping that game close than than the Giants. You never know. I mean, the, the Giants are all playing at home, but uh, man, the the odds seem so stacked against them in terms of. The matchups and 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 their you know the way they get after the the quarterback and if you could rattle Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones is probably not going to be sleeping well these next few nights. Yeah, I'm I'm, very, I'm just really concerned about that. And, and, and like I said, it's already a suspect offensive line. Gabe Hernandez uh, is is not going to play in this game. They're going to be moving pieces around. I actually think the Giants may start three rookies, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. So it's just, <laughs> I don't know what to think right now. I, I do feel bad for uh, for the New York football Giants this weekend. Uh, it, it, well, sorry, Monday night. It, c- it could be very, very ugly and get out of hand very quickly. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones has, um, as we saw with that run, even though he you know, got tripped up by the turf monster, uh, he has a cable, you know, of escaping and then, you know, moving out of the pocket. But he also is very susceptible to ball security. And, man, this is not the type of defense that – uh, you want to be loose with the football and not secure it. There could be, it could, there, you know, there could be some big defensive plays by Tampa Bay. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see. Is anything anything else overall um, you wanted to mention about any of the games, injuries, or you know anything that's going to uh, you know uh, take place? I guess the one other thing is that there was some concern from the Broncos. And the Vikings, I think, yep. as far as positive tests, and we're waiting tomorrow to make sure that there's no positive results. That's correct. Yeah, so you, you want to keep an eye on that, especially in a week where we got, you know, four, we're in bye weeks now. We have four teams off this week, uh, so we want to watch for that situation. I guess, I guess the one thing I would kind of point out to some folks is that um, it depends how deep deep your leagues are, but I think you want to start taking a look at some of these players that are coming off of. Um, 
injury list. You know, there's a few players that have been mentioned. I picked up two in the league this week. Um, I, I think you want to start looking at that. Dallas Goddard, I don't think, should be on any waiver wires right now because uh, he's getting ready to come back. I know the Eagles are off next week, but with a very, looks like, a you know, we could have lost Ertz for the year actually, for all intents and purposes. but uh, So he shouldn't be out there. There's a few other players I think we can mention. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders probably got dropped off on a few IR lists. So I just think you want to pay attention to that sort of stuff. There's a number of players that are going to be coming back from injuries, and you got to pay attention to that because you, you can get some good deals, uh, you know, if you're willing to be patient for a week or two, uh, rostering them at this point in time. I guess, I guess you know, the last thing that I'll, I'll talk or I guess ask you about is, what on earth do you do if you have Chris Carson and one or more of his backups going into this week where, honestly, I guess now that Carlos Hyde is on the wrong side of questionable, is Carson going to play? If he plays, can you trust the player? If he doesn't play and and then it's a homer uh, gets in there and and then DJ Dallas, what's the what's the thinking there? So well, let's start with the say Chris Carson is active for the game. Uh, is he a must start for you coming off uh, a foot injury? on Sunday Night Football where he just couldn't even step on the field for the second half. Like, what do you do in that situation? I got two words for you. Russ Cook. (laughs) I'm not... I get that. And that's fine and dandy if you have Russ Wilson. I'm talking about the guy sitting there with Carson. There's no way. What do you do do with that? First of all, I don't think he's playing. I think Pete Carroll is full of baloney. Um, as we we know he can be, uh, you know, a little bit of a waving the pom poms on the sidelines uh, like a cheerleader. Uh, no, I don't believe him. I don't think Chris Carson's going to play in this game. If he does play in this game, I stay away. I think we're going to see Travis Homer. And I think we're going to see DJ Dallas in this game. That's what I think. I think an ominous sign actually for for the whole se- severity of the situation. There, they actually signed Alex Collins to their practice squad. So you tell me where you think the direction of this uh, backfield is going right now. Alex Collins didn't play in the NFL last year. They signed him to their practice squad. I think Pete Carroll's full of it. I think we'll probably see Homer because he has a knee contusion. Usually you can overcome that sort of thing. And I think we're going to see DJ Dallas. Those are the two running backs. I would not play Chris Carson this week. I don't think he's going to be active. If he is, I would not play him. Okay, see, so... I'm not, I don't know about playing him, but I, I have a feeling that he's going to be active because it's just the type of player that he is. I mean, this guy is literally one of the most toughest, you know, one of the toughest players in the entire NFL. And I, I could see him being out there, but my goodness, you know, what do you do? You start a guy that, you know, one run, you start getting the Todd Gurley treatment where he, he plays a series and then misses three series and he plays a series. So you're always concerned about that, but I think it's a lot easier if you like have Carson and maybe a DJ Dallas or a Homer, and then they just say Carson's inactive. I think the headache start is where Chris they announced Chris Carson's going to be active, and they're just going to see how it goes, and he's going to play as long as he could last. That's when it it, it, it starts getting confusing but i just know the toughness of the player and the way he plays and in a game like this at home against the 49ers 
someone said to me, bet right now whether he'll be active or inactive, I, I would probably make a slight bet on that he will be active, but it doesn't help from a fantasy perspective because you're just not sure how long he's going to be able to last out there. Just a, just an interesting thing to see, and the fact that all of their backups are basically banged up with the exception of DJ Dallas makes it for a, a very, very difficult fantasy football perspective. All right, good stuff. So that's a wrap, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. That's our Week 8 preview. Catch us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, we'll be back to you probably next Thursday. That'll be in the next time. We'll, we'll give you a review. We'll talk about the Thursday night game. Uh, so we'll be busy next Thursday morning. Uh, sorry for the delay, uh, but stay with us, and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Wiz, I'll wish you a good week. Uh, we'll be in contact over the weekend, and, and uh, enjoy all of the action for the coming weekend. You as well. We'll talk uh, next week.